All right, well, good morning. Uh, welcome to our Bible study in Luke. We're in chapter 12, beginning of chapter 12 today, and the uh, <clears throat> title of today's lesson is uh, 11 of the Pharisees. So we'll read the first few verses here that have to do with this, and remembering that uh, he had just uh, been involved with these Pharisees and lawyers having... Uh, supper with them and all the things that went on in chapter 11 with the the, <clears throat> the word that he gave to them about the evil sign uh, and uh, <clears throat> the queen of the south and the wisdom of Solomon and all that and <clears throat> and so as this it, it appears that as this dinner wound up and he's uh back with his disciples in chapter 12. So we'll start reading here in verse uh, 1 and and <clears throat> we'll read the first three verses. In the meantime, when there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, insomuch that they trod upon one another, he, that's the, the Lord, began to say unto his disciples, <clears throat> first of all, Beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever you have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which ye have spoken in the ear in closets shall be proclaimed on the housetops. So, <clears throat> uh, so that's the beginning of this chapter, and and. <clears throat> it's it's kind of a lengthy chapter here, and it kind of begins and ends, uh, you know, dealing with the same couple of things. And the the next section, uh, he he talks about uh, judging and uh, one of these uh, uh, people came up to him and later here in chapter twelve and says, "Hey, you should have a talk with my brother, and and he's not dividing up the inheritance correctly, so you should." You should intervene here in this, and he, and then, and then at the close of the chapter, uh, he talks about this hypocr hypocrisy issue, and then it, and he, and he says, you don't even know how to judge rightly yourselves, you know. It's just a, just a, a hard thing of, that he mentions about our natural condition, and boy, when we look at this. It just makes you so much more appreciative of grace and and the and the mercy of the Lord and uh, <clears throat> so <clears throat> here in this beginning of chapter twelve he <clears throat> he starts off with a serious warning to the church at large and he says first of all he began to say unto his disciples first of all beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees which is hypocrisy and. Uh, we look at these deep issues of this text it just makes us ever more grateful for grace as our pastor always says we're just all recovering Pharisees and so it makes us kind of uh, examine ourselves a little bit here and and uh, not just point the finger at uh, the Pharisees but uh, they are the main topic here and <clears throat> so 
you know, it just you're just reminding me of no wonder that uh, the Lord in John chapter one, when Nathaniel was coming to him, he said, "Oh, here indeed is an, an Israelite in whom there's no guile." It 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 kind of makes it kind of gives you that uh, indication that it's just, it's not a common trait. It's not a common thing that you run into and uh, uh, so uh, you know the the Bible <clears throat> records a few Pharisees upon whom the Lord bestowed mercy and we have the record of Nicodemus who came to the Lord in chapter 3 and and he just had no understanding of the gospel of the the law that he was a expert in uh, and <clears throat> and then we find in chapter 7 he he uh, was one that defended the Lord in, in the council. And then in chapter 19, he, he came uh, with things for the burial of the Lord. So it, kind of a picture of his, uh, his uh, journey uh, from the law to grace. And, and, <clears throat> and then, <clears throat> you know, we have Saul of Tarsus there, the, the, he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, he said of himself. So, uh, so it's a it's an issue that it just requires grace to overcome. And and you know, Paul wrote. Uh, we we look at this the what the Lord said here. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And Paul wrote in chapter three of Philippians. <clears throat> Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision that and he was kind of referring to that mutilation of the gospel the the that's what that concision means mutilation and he says, for we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh in Philippians three. And uh, he says, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath wherein he might trust in the flesh, I more. I was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, boy, there's a an issue that we come across. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church. Touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. That's how he viewed himself in that former life. And he says, But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. And here we come down to the important thing about uh, his change from being a Pharisee. And be found in Him, be found in Christ, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. So beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is, and he, and he spells it out here, he says it's hypocrisy. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, we think of hypocrisy now as a, in a modern days, 
more or less correctly that it's a person that says one thing but does another and they're hypocrites you know and and from a biblical and spiritual perspective we look at this he talks about the leaven of the pharisees which is hypocrisy and remember from some of our previous lessons we looked at that leavening agent and that leaven was a an additive which was typically added to bread dough to, to puff it up to make it swell and make it seem like more and when in reality you know the original volume of the bread doesn't really change it just it's just expanded with air bubble or gas bubbles from the leavening agent it's swelled up it's puffed up <clears throat> and that kind of a metaphor for the the Pharisees were puffed up. I, I thank God I'm not like other men, and and I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. I was, I I was, all these laws I've kept from my youth up. That was their view, and and so when we we apply this in a physical sense to the Pharisees, uh, to them their appearance was paramount. How they looked, how they were perceived by the people by society you love to have the uppermost seats the the most prestigious seats in the synagogue and you you love to be seen in the marketplace and recognized and greeted and all those things that we looked at in uh, chapter 11 <clears throat> and uh but we observe that this warning is given to the disciples beware of the leaven of the pharisees don't not to get caught up in that. And aside from the self-aggrandizement issue, there's an issue of the gospel and the, and the true bread of life that we, that we, we mentioned that that leaven was a, a, that leaven was a, an additive that puffed up the bread and made it seem like more than it was when it's, <clears throat> the bread of life is complete all in itself it's it's perfect it needs nothing and it's and that's typified in the that bread of life in the passover supper and now in the lord's supper and it's it's unleavened unleavened bread it's it pictures his perfect body it says this is my my body nothing added broken for you from first corinthians chapter 11 verse 24 it's one hundred percent the Lord God Almighty. Salvation is of the Lord, and and it needs nothing added, and nothing can be taken away from it. It needs every bit of what it is, and yet there's nothing can be added to it outside of you know, the completeness of Christ. So, <clears throat> so he said, "Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this, do in remembrance of me." And and it pictures that substitutionary death of the. Lord in the place of the people given him from <clears throat> the covenant of grace saving them from their sins and <clears throat> and so don't add anything to it and <clears throat> to add something is predicated on the false assumption that the death of Christ was really insufficient and and uh, you know Paul said you know, I thought I had my own righteousness, which is of the law, and I was keeping that law as of the keeping of the law. I was blameless. I, 
nobody saw me do anything that violated the law and uh, uh, so uh, so uh, many uh, in in religion today they they believe that uh, to add something it's 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 predicated on the false assumption that the death of Christ was insufficient and it merely provided an opportunity for men to add their own works and merit in addition to or in the place of the finished work of Christ so there's that leavening agent well you know Christ supplied the main thing but you need to have this additive here to make it uh, effectual or hurry it along well we're just impatient with the Lord's timing so we we want to kind of help him out a little move things along so we put some leaven in there to to move it and and so in our our text verse from chapter 12 verse 1 this this leaven is used in conduct in conjunction with these false religious leaders of the day the Pharisees and again that leaven was defined by the Lord as hypocrisy and that's a really interesting word uh, now I was just kind of looking that up and doing some research on it and and this the etym- etymology of that word is in the Greek is it's actually a two part word as we often find and it's so descriptive <clears throat> and then it when we understand more correctly what it is and it makes the rest of this little uh, block of scripture that we're looking at. Uh, more understandable. So, uh, in in the Greek, uh, hypocrite hypocrite is hypocrisis, and uh, it says it's it's acting a feigned part, and it has to the the application of it was from plays from acting and uh, they in ancient times the Hippocrates was a a stage actor or a player and they often uh, wore large masks to kind of portray an image of who they were representing in the play and and uh, and they were just an actor pretending to be what they are not and reading lines pre-written that dealt with the the character they were portraying and not necessarily who they were or what they were and and according to Webster the the word comes from two Greek terms which means uh, the first part is an interpreter and the second part is from underneath and it had to do with that mask they would speak from under this mask and give their lines or their interpretation of this character from from the play and they so they interpreted or spoke to the part from under the mask and so that when we look at verse 3 or verse 2 rather, there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. So I think that understanding a little bit about that origin of the word 
hypocrite there helps us to the, put that in the perspective here of how things how they tried to cover their their self with the mask of religion or whatever and and yet the lord would be able to look underneath that and you know it's interesting that people they're always trying to make the lord and give him the attributes of of themselves well i put this mask on nobody can see what i look like underneath and boy you know we're all kind of guilty of that a little bit of you know nobody wants to we don't want anybody to see the real us sometimes <laughs> and and yet the lord says nothing is hid everything will be uncovered the mask will be useless in the end and and boy that makes you appreciate grace because the lord sees right through all that stuff and and loves you anyway and it you know it's a he just sees himself because of the covenant of grace and his works and and he's able to present us without spot and without wrinkle and and underneath that mask in our natural condition boy we've got plenty of wrinkles we got plenty of spots and all these problems and and physically we don't get rid of a lot of them after the new birth but uh, spiritually they're they we're cleansed from them we're we're clean from them so <clears throat> you know in in modern times we have certain celebrations even today where people wear masks to pretend briefly that they're they're someone or something else that truly they're not and and it's just done in kind of fun and everything but uh, uh but spiritually it's it's a little more serious than that and so the application then and now for the church is, and remember he said, first of all, he said to his disciples, beware the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And so it's just a harsh indictment against these Pharisees and for falsely pretending to be moral and to present themselves as in various uh, situations as virtuous or pious or without sin or uh, righteous by virtue of keeping the law or by works. I, I, I do all these things that we looked at previously in all our other studies. I, I tithe, I, I pray, I fast, I, 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 and, uh, and, and it was all, all just a, uh, not really uh, representing the truth there when they did that and <clears throat> so uh remember in our previous lesson in in Luke chapter 11 he said you you Pharisees you're you wash the outside you make the outside appear clean but inside you're full of ravening and wickedness but so it's a, the mask of hypocrisy where on the outside you appear virtuous and clean and religious but inside you're scheming and and greedy and ravenous and wicked and uh, so secondly this warning to the disciples and and so that makes it applicable here to the church at large is is to beware beware of that and 
And it, uh, if it wasn't something we had to watch out for, then he wouldn't be recording that for us. And to beware means to hold the mind, to be to be cautious about. To, it means to pay attention and uh as we're not to be, to get caught up in that and uh, <clears throat> so the the view to the church then is one of really of self-awareness of paying attention of being cautious and and especially of those that are in leadership roles who would introduce this leaven of hypocrisy this leaven of works or self-righteousness into the simplicity of the gospel which is complete and needs nothing added. It's complete in itself. And <clears throat> so we're just to stick with that and then leave the results up to God. We don't need to help Him along or try to make it more effectual. Or, uh, and, and, you know, the, the, the Pharisees were kind of famous for just trying to make proselytes and, and for whatever purpose that they could get more revenue that way uh, or more people that looked up to them or whatever their purpose was but uh, so we're we're to be cautious of that we're to watch out for those that would do that and you know it's the fact that adding works to grace just increases the sin debt because of unbelief that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures it's just one more thing that you have to have uh, chalked up to your account there and so this metaphor presented by the text here declares that they who present themselves as religious uh, and in a lot of most of them all to say well we're a declarer of the gospel and these pharisees were experts in the old testament and uh, and yet they didn't see Christ in it. They didn't see the gospel in it. They, and uh, as Norm was pointing out, that some of them said, "Well, we're looking for Messiah, whom the, his coming we have just celebrated here recently." And and <clears throat> yet, when he was there, they didn't recognize him. They didn't recognize him, and they said, "Well, it says here we were. We know that it says in this text that it'll come out of Bethlehem, and and." all these other characteristics uh, of the Messiah. But they they didn't recognize any of the spiritual part of it, of him coming to... He, he, shall, he shall save his people from their sins. <clears throat> so, uh, <clears throat> they, there are these various schemes that these actors come out with and you know, uh, there and there's various degrees of that that we see in the, in churches. Some some uh, in in religion they 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 may be sincere or a zealous actor, but they're really they're just playing a part. <clears throat> and there are always those that that try to enter in under the guise of religiosity to to convince others that. Uh, erroneously that salvation really lies within each one of us and we only have to fan that little spark of life that they say we have in us and to teach falsely that Christ only made provision for salvation and and didn't in fact really secure completely salvation for those for whom he died and remember 
remember what Paul wrote in Philippians. He said, beware the concision. And so uh, beware of that. And, uh, you know, others teach his death only partly secured salvation and that you can add by some form of works uh, can add to that or you can supplement Christ's part with your own merit and thus you can jointly participate in the new birth of salvation. And, you know, Norm's always pointing out, well, how much did you have to do with your original birth? Well, that answer is pretty obvious. You didn't get to participate other than just being the recipient of it. And 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 it's the same in the new birth, that you're just uh, the recipient of grace in that. And... <clears throat> Another scheme instructs you to place Christ under some obligation simply by saying a certain phrase or uh, repeating a certain prayer and without that burdensome requirement that you must be born again. You can just say these words and then Christ is obligated to do to respond in a certain way and 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 yet that's just a a mask of of nothingness of hypocrisy <clears throat> and some are motivated purely by monetary greed and they don't really have any actual care for the spiritual condition of the people they're robbing in the name of religion they just lead them on through the prosperity gospel they call it I think uh, God wants you to be rich God wants you to be prosperous God wants you and you can start that ball rolling by mailing me a check. <laughs> and and it's it works for him, but you know, he says, in the end, there's nothing hidden that shall not be revealed, and there's nothing covered that that shall not be known. So <clears throat> that only gets you so far. So watch out for those. Beware of those and. Uh, you know, there's just so much of that in religion that we need to be aware of. There's <clears throat> almost anything is excusable and can be rationalized by people in their unsafe condition under the clause of leading people to Christ. And we find out that we can't lead anybody anywhere. It's, it's, God said. No one can come to me except the Father which sent me draw him. And, you know, we, all we can do is when they come, present the gospel in simplicity and in truth and leave the rest unto him. So we can't really lead anybody anywhere. And, you know, no, no form of chicanery is off limits as long as you claim that your motives are pure. And, and even if it in truth denies the actual gospel of the Son of God, it's, it's kind of the end justifies the means trail train of thought. And, you know, these Pharisees are just an example of it. We, you know, we, we go through all these rituals and acts and religious ceremonies and things and, and pretend to ourselves that that's just, that's all, we're good because of that. And, and when they really have no 
you know, Paul said that they have a zeal, but not according to knowledge. They just have no understanding of God, and they try to develop their own uh, image and picture and relationship. And and uh, I remember a pastor of mine once was famous saying, "If I can just get them lost, I can get them saved." And Boy, I thought, well, that's an awful thing to say. <laughs> that's just uh, the two eyes in there deny the work of the Holy Trinity in salvation. You know, it's it's the the work of God is uh, complete and eternal and it's irre- irrevocable. And and <clears throat> you know, who's a who is assigned to a, accomplish that complete salvation? It's Christ. Uh, he shall save his people from their sins you can't get somebody saved Uh, who are his people well you know those pharisees were famous for their knowledge of the old testament and isaiah 8 18 said behold i and the children whom the lord hath given me are for signs and wonders in israel from whom the lord of hosts which uh, dwelleth in mount zion and that of course that's that that verse is uh parroted by Paul in the Romans in the New New Testament. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord hath given me for signs and wonders. <clears throat> well, when were they given to Christ to redeem? It, it says, if the Lord hath given me children, when did He do that? Well, in Ephesians 1, it says that according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame, before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Boy, when they leave out that that chapter in Ephesians, they've just got a mask of religiosity on and they they just don't believe or understand the underlying grace that's that's involved in it. You know, the covenant of grace between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit encompasses eternal foreknowledge and election. That and that just means choosing. We we all know what election means. When we elect to do something or we elect not to do something, it means we're choosing to do it or not to do it or to vote for this person or to not vote for that person. Predestination means that pre means before, and destination means where you're going to end up and what's going to happen. Predestination, calling, justification, and glorification. You know, all those things are recorded for us in Romans chapter 8, verse 29-30. For whom he, that's the Lord, did foreknow, that's in you know, a lot of religion under the mask of religiosity and the hypocrisy of it <clears throat> try to convert that into a what? And and it says whom. It It's dealing with people here, not what they would do or what he would foresee they would do or any kind of thing. Uh, just take the doo-doo out of it. It says, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son. That's the predestination. 
that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them, another another word that speaks to people, not things, them he called. And whom he called, them he justified, also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. And of course, you can look up the tense of those and understand that if it means anything to you. Spiritually, it's pretty plain. <clears throat> so, uh, <clears throat> it's it's all of God. It's all of Him, and and whatever mask we put on to to diffuse that and make it seem like we have something to do with it, we find out that <clears throat> we're just recipients of grace. By grace are you saved through faith, and that's not even of yourself. It's a gift of God. So what? What God? What does God use to affect this in His people, whom He gave to Christ to redeem? We've just gone through all those scriptures that kind of laid all that stuff out that that gets lost in this hypocrisy thing. It says, for after the that and the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, and that's where they are in this natural state. They know not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them. That believe that's the that's what he uses. That's the the element by he uses the preaching of the gospel of the death of his son to save them that believe. And and then we find out that we didn't even have anything to do with that because it says further on in Ephesians, if you read on down through verse nineteen, it says we believe according to the working of his mighty power, uh, not of ourselves. So uh, <clears throat> so there you have that and. Uh, in Romans 10, uh, it lays it out for us. In Romans 10:14, how shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? How shall they believe in him whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? It takes someone to declare the gospel of the the death of his son, the, the death, burial, and resurrection, the good news that he took care of your sins, and there's nothing left for you to do but just. Lord, have mercy on me as a sinner. and uh, <clears throat> uh, We don't have to uh, try and uh, come up with our own... Well, I've got 10 pounds of Jesus here. I need 4 pounds of works here to kind of even that out or to add to it to make it work out. You know, it's, it's all of... Salvation is of the Lord. So, <clears throat> So can one... You know, it begs the question, can one come to Christ on his own as some of these masked pretenders assert? You know, being it says being dead in trespasses and sin. That's a metaphor for, certainly for inability. If you're dead, you can't do anything. Uh, so can you come? Uh, well, uh, we, we mentioned earlier in John 6.44 that no man can come to me. No man has the ability. That's what that word can means. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him and I will raise him up at the last day. You know, it's just it's interesting. We mentioned in John one forty seven that he saw Nathaniel coming to him because his brother had said, hey, we found the Messiah. We've, we found him that the scriptures declared and and Nathaniel was in 
I don't think so. <laughs> but I'm going to come take a look. But he was coming to Christ, and Christ said, Behold an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. And then when he had his personal little conversation with him, he says, I saw you under that tree. And 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 he was kind of in the same boat with that woman at the well and others that we've mentioned. Here, Here's a man told me all things ever I did. He said, I saw you under that tree and what you were saying and, you know, pouring out your heart to... God, and because he said, an Israelite in whom is no guile, there's no falseness, there's no trickery, there's no, no bait. Uh, uh, that remember that word guile meant the, the, the mechanism or the bait that you use in a trap to catch something. You know, there's none of that, and uh, <clears throat> so no man can come on his own. Uh, can you will yourself to be born again? In John six sixty three says. It's the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And then Paul adds to that in Romans 9.16, So then, so then, after we look at all those elements of grace, it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but God that showeth mercy. And so anybody that has that mask of religiosity on that tries to convince you of it's all... Yeah, it's all up to you. If you come, it's because the Father drew you. If you come, to, if you flee to Christ, it's because uh, the Father drew you. And there's and there's no other reason for it. So it's not of him that willeth or him that runneth, but God that showeth mercy. And in the end, the gospel concludes with the fact that salvation is is just of the Lord, knowing in First Thessalonians chapter one four, <clears throat> knowing, brethren, beloved, your your election, your choosing of God, because, knowing your choosing of God, because our gospel it came not unto you in word only, <clears throat> but also in power, and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. Boy, when the Lord saves you, you have knowledge of those things and and you can't be fooled by all this religious fakery works stuff. And <clears throat> you know that the gospel came to you in power and, and in the Holy Spirit. And then you have much assurance about it. He doesn't just do that and then leave you, <coughs> excuse me, leave you to wonder. <clears throat> so beware the leaven of the Pharisees, the leaven of religious pretension, the leaven of works or self-righteousness for salvation, the leaven of a false gospel which falsely allows anything outside the total reliance of Christ for salvation. It, and there's just so much of that around. And, and you know, Paul seemed like he fought that all the time. You know, he wrote to the Galatians, I marvel that you're so soon removed from Him who called you to a gospel that's not another gospel. And uh, beware those dogs. What, beware this concision. And, and beware of those ones that, that were ordained to this from, from of old that were tried to lead you astray and convince you of, of something besides the total efficacy of Christ and salvation and, 
and so there's there's this mask will be removed and nothing there's nothing covered that shall not be revealed neither hid that it shall not be known and in the end there's there's no hiding from God no mask to hide behind in Hebrews chapter 4 uh, verse 12 beginning in Hebrews 4:12 says the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart nothing hid that shall not be revealed nothing covered that shall not be known neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do you know it's one of those hymns that i just love nothing in my hand i bring rock of ages seeing then that we have a great high priest that's passed into the heavens jesus the son of god let's hold fast our profession let's not get drawn aside by the leaven of hypocrisy and in our declaration of the gospel and our our relationship with with christ for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities you know he knows all he knows about our real self he knows about the real mike and the real norm and the real craig and you know we there's nothing hid from there it just makes grace so much more precious when we know that that he he loved us in spite of our selves in spite of our sins for <clears throat> said let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need no leaven woe to them that substitute works for the substitute which is who is Christ so that's the end of our lesson today on beware the leaven of the Pharisees thank you for your attention and as always be free from all that Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, Amen. Thank you, Mike.